Hola, hola. Welcome to the Bruja Broadcast. This is Dion. And Sasha. Join us today as we serve up some Brujeria Latina with a side of astrology and herbology bundled with some stories and sass. Hola, hola, hola. <laughs> hola, hola. Uh, welcome back. Uh, this week's episode, we are going to be talking about charms, amulets, and talismans. Awesome. And so we're also going to be talking about the differences between them and how to make them work for you, basically. Yeah. Okay. So let's get started. What um, One thing is, I think that many times these words are like used in ex- inter-exchangeably. Is that a word? Inter- interchangeably. Interchangeably in English. Yes, there you go. Um, and so, but really, they have different meanings if we go back to them. So the yeah. amulet is um, is typically an object that is believed to be endowed with um, the powers to be able to protect you mm-hmm. and to offer defense. And it's carried on you or it's carried... Um, or it's placed in the place in the sphere of the area where you want to protect or do this defense work. And um, it keeps things away, magically speaking. Yes. Okay. okay. You want to go ahead with talisman then? Oh, and I was just going to expand on amulet oh, a sure, little bit. Um, just so for the amulets, it's going to be uh, anything letting go. So it's it releases energy, it banishes energy, it dissipates things, um, it, it could shield but anything mm-hmm. protective. Yeah, so that's protective. good. Yeah. And it's then talisman um, is going to work kind of in the opposite sense. It's going to draw things in. So talismans are going to be used to bring things to you. Luck, love, fortune. Right. The way that I have um, um, talismans, it gives the person the power. Okay. So then you're the person that has the power to... Um, to bring in that luck you're the one that's which is different and this is an important distinction because it's not by wearing it and by having it you know properly prepared um it gives you those powers versus like a charm the charm is the one that has the power and then if you give it to somebody then they carry away that power with them and you don't keep it oh interesting okay the way i see it and then so the talisman it gives you like it, it gives you that power so like if it's like i have an ex that was a basketball player and he had his lucky shorts right mm-hmm. so his lucky shorts like it would give him the power to be a better player okay right but if somebody else wore the shorts they weren't going to be a better player because of it right i got you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah okay so that's what i have for the talisman so it's inscribed with magic powers that give power to the person Okay, cool. And then the charm, since we touched on it, is going to be uh, an object or a magical spell that brings things in to whoever is um, carrying it or using it at the time. Right. Uh, And then I think, so I kind of think, so a charm uh, also originally kind of when I was looking them up um, just to see what the internet said about such things, charms were originally with words like just uh-huh. just words not necessarily even for an object but almost like a blessing type of yeah a blessing would be a charm yeah that's why it's like uh that's why it's like magical spell kind of thing yeah yeah. i think that probably i'm thinking i i say the same thing to my kids every night mm-hmm. and they call it las palabras mágicas and they're like and they're like you know mom you didn't say the palabras mágicas before you left you know and i have i think that, that would be considered a charm absolutely yeah i I, I am a nervous driver always. 
And it's, I very much my whole life, and I didn't really realize I had done it until this last couple of years, but every time I leave my house, I tell my family, I will see you later. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this, I'm coming back here. Right. It's, it makes, I don't know, that's my, it's how I feel safe, yeah. Right, it's a charm. Yeah. yeah I think that um, often the, the charms are associated with like good luck, particularly with the, the rabbit's foot. I think that's oh, one yeah, of the- yeah. I think that's one of the first ones like when you're a kid they're like oh rabbit's foot if you love rub on it it brings you good luck and see it's something that you whoever has it they rub on it and then they get good luck right and then the four leaf clover works that same way too yeah exactly it's whoever finds it it's mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah that's pretty cool nice yes i think those are the most important distinctions there we'll get to do you want to do you want to do you want to talk about how we um give them their powers or activate their powers is what we call them in espanol como las activas or do you want to talk about the other ones and then come back to it? I think we should do the activation first. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So at least in Spanish and it's very big um, that you, they say, you know, you buy a necklace or you buy something that you want to use as uh, an amulet or as a talisman. And people ask like, okay, since they ask, at least they ask us, oh, how can I activate it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the activation is what's really important, like in all magic, right? It's that intention. It's that telling it what to do. So typically I cleanse, concentrate, bless. Would that sound about right for you too? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have to have clean it first. Then you talk to it. Then yeah. Okay. So <laughs> she's like, do this up today. <laughs> so the cleansing, um, um, unless it's um, a sort of stone or something that can't be, I usually use the salt mm-hmm. um, just like burying in a salt and we usually use it for like three days that you bury it in the salt and you put it out and then you know it grabs both the moon and the sun power so that it has all its powers and you know in it mm-hmm. if you want to get fancy you can add correspondences and start it like on a you know specific moon phase or specific sign or something like that but in general you just you know once you have it because normally what you want is um a talisman or an amulet that you got was because it was gifted to you or because it called to you it's not right. like right and it's a, and it's coming into your life when you need it or exactly. when you're going to be needing it and so that's part of the the magic in it right mm-hmm. and so normally the the way that i've been used to it is obviously we we basically bury it in salt for three days and put it out to gather the sunlight and to gather the moonlight and then um, after that you smoke it and then you consecrate it which is basically um telling it what it's going to be doing which is you know saying you're going to be my protection or you're going to bring me you know give me powers to be lucky or so forth depending on the amulet or talisman and then you consecrate and bless it so that it like the, i think that's the actual moment of like merging of the amulet or the talisman with yourself which is different than a charm which wouldn't have that right because it's not merging with the owner so that blessing and then after that it's just cleansing and charging cleansing and charging which I recommend people do on the same day. I think you told me that you do yours on the ninth. I do on the ninth, yes. Yeah, so I usually, uh, I think the easiest thing for me at least is to do my charging on the um, full moon Mm -hmm. because it has all the, and then it's easy to remember because I'm always paying attention to the moon. Yeah. So that's the the way that I do it at least, so. I didn't hear, I've never heard of the salt burying before. I really like that a lot though. But I will do sun and moon, big time, sun and moon charging, or 
cleaning. Yeah. And then uh, I always do smoking is really big for me. And yeah. I use Florida water pretty regularly. So I won't like a lot. If we're talking rocks, you don't want to put all any, all of your rocks, figure out which ones are good and will work with water. But for the most part, I'll just do like a Florida water spritz. And like, that's kind of how I do cleaning. Cleansing. Yeah. I I like to do cleansing with Florida water as well, but um, like not when it's like brand new. When it's brand mm -hmm. new, I, I might not use it. Okay. And I'll use it like in my follow-up cycles of cleansing and charging. I'll nice. use the Florida water, um, like um, the bouncer. Okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, he got a full bath in Florida water. I think he got like a half because I didn't know where he had been and he's so mean. You yes. know, I just doused him in Florida water <laughs> and Palo Santo and then I did it again the next day. I did it like for three days because his energy is so strong. It's like, dude, okay, chill. <laughs> so recently, Sacha brought a, um, idol? Yeah, I, I, I yeah. think it's like an idol. Like an idol uh, into her home, a very strong, very powerful presence idol. Uh, he's very cool, super active. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what she's speaking about right now. Very interesting. So cool. And the blessing, do you have any specific oración that you use or plegaria or? I work with Santa Muerte. I have a specific prayer for her and then I kind of have like ritualized words for myself that I have chosen to use over and over again and I feel like that ritual gives those words power that I kind of use but um I do uh I do always put in a, if I, an amulet or anything new anything new magical tool that I'm working with I put it on her altar and leave it with her for uh kind of an intuitive period of time, however long I feel it takes, and then I will wear it after. Nice. nice. Let me, I have, so I have one that I've seen often used um, for the triqueta, which I think is, and we'll talk about the different symbols that we see more often. Mm -hmm. um, let me see if I can translate this immediately. It's by the sacred powers of the Trinity for the power of three times three, I invoke you to impregnate, cover, and imbue this magical symbol of femininity, the life of man and death with the, your um, blessed powers of protection to be able to repel attacks of any malignant force enemy who may try to harm me day, night, or evening, be it frontwards or uh, behind, um, behind me, mm -hmm. um, on from the sides, from the top, from the bottom, in the ocean or the water. Blessed be this um, amulet as so it's carrier thank you thank you thank you i was like an instant translation it wasn't like the best cool, one, that was cool. Well, thank yeah, you because it's in spanish <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can say it in spanish if you want that one might be easier but yeah i just did like a site translation there i think and basically it's you just like you're you're saying what you wanted to do which is part of that blessing and that you know consecration it's like i'm telling you what you're going to be doing and i'm making it clear and i'm making it like that shield and coverage like all areas right because you can see it's like it doesn't matter if that malignant force is coming to me, like I can see it or not be seen, if it's coming from the sides, if it's like a spiritual one or if it's a physical one, if it's coming, you know, from afar or from close, it doesn't matter, like this is going to protect me. Yeah. So, moving. Okay. Um, I think that one thing that we should be noticing is that there are many things that can be amulets or um, talismans, okay? Mm -hmm. And there are many religions that use different amulets or talismans. Like, for right. example, lots of um, Christians wear the cross. Mm -hmm. And I 
although they're not going through the ritualistic steps of cleansing it and blessing it and consecrating it, charging it monthly underneath the moon, I do believe that when they're wearing it, they're not just wearing it to say, hey, I'm a Christian. I think that they're wearing it as a um, as an amulet. I would right. Say. You know, because it's for protection. It's like, oh, God's going to protect me. And, you know, I'm under the same thing. And probably saying, you know, like I'm under God's, you know, that they use the hat, the, the Jewish. It's like I'm under God's oh, yeah. eye. Yeah. So I, that one probably is more like a, more religious than the crucifix. But I think that lots of people use the crucifix or they use rosaries as their uh, decor, not when they're actually doing the beads and the oraciones, but people right. wear the jewelry and they do it with the intention of it being sort of a, uh, an amulet for mm-hmm. them. I know a super popular talisman in Mexico's horseshoes, huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm so trying I to think, evil, evil Eye, that would be another. Yeah, let's, let's touch the ones that are more popular. Go ahead. Yeah, so Evil Eye, that's going to be protective. So that's going to be an amulet. That deflects negativity, energy, and jealousy, and bad yep. energy and jealousy. So it deflects and it makes it go away. So yeah, that'd be like an amulet. I think most of them are amulets, really. Well, like a horseshoe is a talisman. I would think a, oh, a skeleton keys. I think those are talismans. Not... Because they're to open up mm-hmm. um, opportunities that the universe is bringing in. Yeah. Right. So yeah. And then how about yin, the yin yang symbol? You know, lots of people wear the oh, yin yang symbol. Yeah. I think that would be sort of like a talisman because it's sort of like balance. It's not protecting really. It's, yeah. it's like inviting and it, in it, balance. It's inviting in balance and it's inviting in um, duality into their mm-hmm. lives. Totally. So yeah, that would be... A, but then you have the, here I have the Ankh, which is that. Oh, the um, Ankh, yeah. Yeah, which is that Egyptian cross that has the loop at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and it represents eternal life. And it also represents like the spiritual world and the physical world, like heaven so and that, earth. More talisman, I would say then. Mm-hmm. I, I've never worn it myself, so I don't know if it would be, because I, I definitely see the, the crucifix as more talisman. I'm not sure if people who are wearing the ankh are they doing it more for like like the yin yang symbol like they're wearing it to remember that like life is infinite and it's a circle or are they oh, doing it yeah you know what I mean yeah I mean I'm guessing every anyone you're gonna have your own personal reasons for wearing it but I would assume it would be more of the eternal life yeah so not in some more maybe just like a symbol of yeah definitely than that yeah. Ganesha is more um, of a, um, because he's inviting in, so he's more of a talisman. Yeah, it's money. Yeah, it's money and it's road openers. It's like, yeah. come to me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come to me. So that's uh, definitely that. And then the Seal of Solomon, the Star of David. Oh, yeah. What would you uh, say there? Is that, I would think that would I be think protective. It's protection. Yeah. yeah. I would say it's protective. It does remind you of, you know, feminine negative, the elements, it has the fire and the water. Um, but I do think that it's like universal protection, like you're covered, right? By that. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's more of an amulet. Okay. And then the Hamsa hand, which is so popular nowadays. Oh, yeah. So I found that it is originally Arabic and it represents generosity and honor. So, so talisman. Yeah, talisman. There you go. Cool. And then for our little Catholics, the Sacred Heart. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lots of people have it tattooed. In, yeah, they in, do. In Latin America, many people have them, the Sacred Heart. So I got the Sacred Heart, obviously, comes from the Catholic tradition. And it's um, the heart with the crown, right, mm-hmm. representing Jesus. And that is to represent his love and sacrifice. 
and then oftentimes it's paired up with the heart that has the sword pierced through and that's the yeah. heart of mary and so it's representing together it's like representing the the union like love and like the mother's love and so forth oh cool now where would you put it would you put it in amulet or in or in talisman i would put it in talisman no <laughs> it's a hard one i would think talisman i'm gonna give protective amulet to the cross and i'm gonna say bring me god for talus for sacred heart sounds good and, yeah, yeah. And, and like remind me <laughs> bring me mother's love or yeah infinite like, love or enough love to be to be allow myself to you know remember sacrifice or to remember yeah okay yeah. gotcha i gotcha that makes sense and then i think the most popular one in all witchery is probably the triqueta which is the, oh yeah, yeah yeah oh uh the swirly triangle the three triangles. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's like it's three. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah. we're talking with our hands here for you listening. <laughs> yeah. So the three arcs, and that one represents life, death, rebirth, mm-hmm. and then it also represents the the crescent, like when everything is like the crescent, like oh, it's not like it, it, it's similar to the triple moon, which we'll talk about next. But it's like that crescent full and dark energy mm-hmm. and it's and also um it has the it represents the elements there each point represents elements and then the circle is like being protected so it's definitely an amulet oh okay oh yeah it's yeah. like the three interlocking arcs yeah. and then it has a circle like on top or around it but some of the edges of the or the points of the arc are outside of the circle but the right. circle is like protecting everything that's in there i totally thought you were gonna go with the um pentacle pentacle go ahead give me that one i haven't done that one i didn't write it down so uh the pentacle is the five i think yeah so the five points so it's like north south east west spirit Mm -hmm. it's seen as that i don't know that's kind of what i don't i don't work with the pentacles (laughs) because i was scared as a child yeah, I don't really work with pent like I'm not drawn to pentacles at all. I think they're cool. I love that they represent all the elements and spirit. Um, but it's just it's I don't know. Got I that. put it I would put it under amulet. No, I'm sorry, under talisman, because there is a specific way that you're supposed to put the fight the fifth point, because two of them are towards sides, and then there's one point that's either gonna go upwards or downwards. So like if you put it on a ring, like if you put it on um like you're supposed to I don't and we'll have to double check this, but you're supposed to put it like down toward you so that it brings things in oh cool oh that makes sense yeah and then yeah like that's what i remember but i could be totally wrong it could be and i know that there's like this whole debate if you google it up is like does the point go up or does it go down and some are like no it's up to like repel right and that would be more i mean like time thinkers and right. other people are like no it goes down to bring in and it's like it's towards pointing to you because it's pointing to you that's interesting yeah and other people are like no it's spirit it's the top it goes you know at the top and other people are like mm, you know so huh. it, i know that there's a huge debate with that but i like again i don't really have a lot of i have um one or two things that have that um decor on it but it's not like on purpose that somebody gave it to me or you know it, you know i've never you- i've never made a pentagram for a ritual yeah. i i cast a circle i know that you know when you look at movies and all that or shows they always do the pentagram you know, and then the, with the black salt instead of a circle, and I'm like, I always yeah, use a circle. <laughs> I always use a circle too. But do you know? So, quick off top, or no, this is definitely on topic. Is pentagram and pentacle is that interchangeable? Oh, I don't know. Let's ask Google. 
Pentacle is a talisman that is used in magical invocation made of parchment paper cloth. Okay, difference between a pentacle and a pentagram. Point of confusion across the world. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the five pointed star is the pentagram and it is a religious symbol used by pagans. The pentacle, on the other hand, simply means a pentagram enclosed in a circle. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Okay. That so far is the difference between the go both go. Both the pentagram and the pentacle are two of the most powerful symbols in the world of witchcraft. There we go. Interesting. We love Google. <laughs> I I mean, I call him San Google. I just need a little <laughs> Anita candle for him. <laughs> oh. So listening to everything. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then the last one that I think is very common, at least um, in this area that we're in, I see many people have the triple moon. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so that represents the three stages of women, which is um, the maid, the mother, and the clone. Mm -hmm. Plus it includes also the three stages that are actually physically represented in it, which is, you know, the crescent, the full, and the dark moon. Yeah. And I think that would be um, talisman. Yeah. It's not asking for protection. It's just like asking for the you know that energy to come in and to more of like a reminder of that energy you know and those stages and that balance yeah yeah just like to keep the connection mm -hmm. okay and then charms would like we mentioned that can be anything because it mm -hmm. doesn't have to have they can just literally be you know a hagstone that you found and you're like oh this is my lucky hagstone and you put it on a piece of silver and a string and you keep on using it you know Lots of people have their lucky coins or their lucky shoes or their lucky whatever. And so that, those are all charms, basically, because they're those objects that are bringing you luck, but they can be given to others. But they're only for you, then they would be talismans, like we mentioned before. Great. But if you can give it to somebody and pass that luck to them, then it would be a charm. Right? So like, oh, use my mojo, bar, mojo bag for prosperity when you go to the casino, then it's a charm and not... Right. A talisman because you're gonna you know lend it to your friends so that they can get lucky at their casino and then we were just going to mention that there are also minkisis which are sculptures that spirits inhabit so they're usually made with the purpose of inviting the spirit to come in and inhabit it it's like giving a home to place mm -hmm. and then there's sacred objects and sacred objects can be found mostly through different religions but also different cultures and many of those are later through lore, history, they're given the um, same, they become amulets, right? But if they don't go with one person, they're just staying with an area, then they're amulets. But if they're like for like, they're a sacred object for people all over that mm -hmm. belong to that, you know, race or religion or whatever then it is it's just a sacred object i think they call those the fit it's a weird word but it's the original word which was fetish right yeah correct do you have any more info on that oh no just that um it's weird to hear fetish as as an object word for uh sacred religious objects um but yeah that is when you look it up it it is like they the original definition yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the original so like yeah i i think that and I'm, it makes sense why fetish has become more devolved into the mainstream meaning that it has nowadays coming from it being a sacred object because somebody that is like worshiping something as a sacred object and you know desiring to protect it and to possess it as much as possible 
you know right it makes sense and it's devolved right into popcorn and stuff like that right. but <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but but then when you see the devotion behind it then you can understand it right it's, right it's, so yeah i think that's it do you have anything else no we're so organized people oh yes people you gotta you gotta be happy that we are taking this serious we're making leaks we're staying on topic well i mean if you listen to us the 20 minutes before we start recording definitely not on, <laughs> not on topic <laughs> but that's what we do we just get it out <laughs> yes kind of ping pong oh no we're gonna talk about this right oh yeah 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 and then instead of doing that on the show which is what we used to do so we're becoming more professionales oh so much professionales <laughs> i'm gonna roll into astrology please do Okay, so here's the astrology for um, June 5th through the 18th. Um, on June 5th, we have a void in the afternoon from 4 to 11. So just, you know, recogete temprano, just go home early that day, party all day, and then go home early and just chill at home. Um, on the 6th, we have the sun sextiling Chiron. Chiron is basically the wounded healer. It often refers to karmic um, wounds or to early childhood trauma. And the sun is yourself, so it also looks brings light onto it so it's a good day for therapy it's a good day to like work on healing yourself and oh, like great. yeah and so that's um it's a beneficial energy to integrate your pain into your self-expression so it's a good day for Ooh, healing say that again it's a beneficial energy to integrate your pain into your self-expression how good ah. is that <laughs> yeah because that's from the written <laughs> forecast that i actually think yes. about <laughs> Um, and then I think one of the important things that I want to mention, although we've talked about it a little bit, but is um, from the 5th to the 18th, we're starting off with that Saturn retrograde. Saturn has been in Aquarius since March 2020, which is when the pandemic started, mm -hmm. and it will be in um, Aquarius until March 2023. It's about a three-year transit, but this is the last, and Saturn goes retrograde every year, about five months. So this is the last retrograde that Saturn will have while it's in Aquarius. Okay. Okay. So the Saturn is like the daddy, right? It's the, the, the time master, the constriction. It's, you know, lean. It's all like, what are you doing? It's responsibilities, right? Okay. So when it's going back in retrograde, it's asking you to look back and say, what have you learned? Oh. Oh. <laughs> what have you learned? <laughs> and what are you doing to, and you know, to basically incorporate everything that you've learned into your life? Mm -hmm. So everything that we've learned since the pandemic started, what that's oh, important wow. for yourself you have to review it because it's about to end that period and we're going to go next year when it goes in march it goes into pisces and that's a different focus it's more of a spiritual focus right wow. so right now it's all about like tech and communication and your life and your structures so what have you learned in the last three years about your structures and how are you incorporating that and making short stays so did you learn that you like working from home? Did you learn that um, you prefer to go to work? Mm -hmm. Did you learn that you can work remotely? And are you taking steps to make sure that that continues in your life for what you've learned that that's what you want? Interesting, right? yeah. And then the other thing is it also makes you review your checklist and say, what have you not learned? Oh. <laughs> What's pending? What are you supposed to still step up and do? So the things that you know that you're supposed to be doing and you've been kind of like putting them off, it's like ah, flashlight on top of it. That's what the Saturn retrograde is going to do for us. And that Saturn retrograde runs until October 22nd of this year. So it's like, yo, dude, you know, step up. It's really good you know? review. It's yeah, it's step up. It's like 
what's missing what are you not done yet why are you keeping putting it off right so that's what that Saturn retrograde is going to do for us and so that we're reading this um, horoscope is for the 5th through the 18th so this is the first day of that Saturn retrograde in, in actuality right um, and then the whole period from the 5th through the 18th Mercury retrograde will have ended but we are in the shadow period so the shadow period is when Mercury is getting back to a point where it's starting something new so it's going back over the things it's already touched during the Metro Mercury retrograde so you may find in these two weeks that themes from the past two weeks come back up. Okay. Like, oh, no. Yeah, you have to put down to bed or finish or tie up and stuff like that. It's been a long two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And I know for you, Geminis, it's been hard, right? But yeah, so that's what we're going to have in those two weeks. Then I was telling you about the different transits. We have a Mercury trine cap on the 10th. And that is just basically allowing you to express what you're... It's a good money day. It's a good m day for financial planning. It's a good day for budgeting. It's a good day for... Because Mercury's in Taurus and um, Pluto's in Cap. So okay. they're both very earthy signs. So it's a good day to just, you know, get your stuff together. Yeah. Money-wise. Okay. Then on the 11th, we have Venus conjunct Uranus. This is a good day for... The freak day. No, of course, of course. <laughs> of course, my favorite days. But this one is like not so much passion. It's more like trying new things, being creative, Ooh. expressing your love in a different way. Maybe looking at what your partner likes and you giving it a try or something you've never tried before. It's a Saturday. Yeah. Good day to go try, you know, at a sex club or something for the first time. It's a, like it's a good day to try something creative, something that you normally wouldn't do. Okay. Um, and then the 13th um, is... We're going to be feeling that full moon energy already, but Mercury is going to go into Gemini finally, like in power. And so that'll be, yay. <laughs> <laughs> it'll feel like, oh, things are flowing. Like the fog has lifted. I can communicate normally. Okay. Um, and then on the 14th, the full moon in Sagittarius. Um, this is also a super moon. Super moon is when the moon is closer to the earth. Okay. And it's in Sagittarius, so Sagittarius talks to us about like traveling, it talks to us about higher education, it talks to us about publication. So this full moon will feel light, it will feel adventurous, it will stir up a little wanderlust, it'll you know, make you like, oh, should I go back to school? Should I, you know, that kind of thing is going to come up because that Saturn retrograde is there too. So oh, like yeah. responsibilities, like I should finish that degree I never finished her. Interesting. Yeah, it kind of, Great. it will kick up that kind of thing. Um, this is a really good day to do a ritual um, for um, a road opener or a luck ritual because of the, you know, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, which is daddy luck, right? Right. So it's a good day for that. It's a, it's a nice, it has good um, vibes. This full moon has good vibes, which we needed because after three eclipses, it's just like, oh my God, the drag, right? So we have that. Then we have on... On the 15th, we have a Mars conjunct Chiron, and that's a little harder because it makes you angry at, you know, your wounds and, like, the past and stuff like that. The 16th, we have the Sun trining Saturn and the Sun squaring Neptune. And so the Sun's shedding light on two aspects that will be in retrograde. Um, well, one is in retrograde already by that time, which is Saturn, and Neptune is stationing to go retrograde at the end of the month. So this is basically 
like highlighting what those retrogrades are supposed to do mm-hmm. and what you're supposed to be doing. It's um, I I recommend looking where Saturn is on your chart, where Neptune is on your chart, so that you know what um, areas will be more affected. It is for Saturn. It's a little more direct because it is a social planet. Neptune is an outer planet, so it's less the impact on it. Mm-hmm. But that day, basically, it just makes you like be a little more realistic, kind of thing. Okay. Okay. And we'll have a similar day um, in two weeks after that. And then um, on the 18th, Venus is squaring Saturn and Venus is sextiling Neptune. You see that they're always the Saturn and the, Nep- and the Neptune all throughout because they're, they're moving together, right? Okay. So um, moving similarly, not together, because if not, they would be conjuncts, but they're moving in the same positions. Um, so the 18th, Venus trying Saturn. Um, this is in regards to your, your worth, you know? what you it can make people a little um like oh you know like down on themselves or like a little self-conscious or a little bit like negative self-talk and that kind of thing yeah so it's really important to and also like your value in a relationship or your value in partnerships what are you bringing to the table and it can make you look negatively upon yourself so it's important to really stand in the power of the Neptune, which is like the fantasy and the daydream, and like, no, I am a goddess, and yes, shit, they should honor me, you know. So, but they're they're kind of facing off in that sense. So some people may feel it a little more like a downer, and some people may feel it like, damn, I gotta step up for myself, you know. Okay. So it just kind of goes there, and um, it's just does your partner understand your value, money wise? Are you headed on the path that you're desiring to be on, and it's like making you look at that. Okay? A lot of evaluation. A lot of evaluation, yes, because. All the retrogrades are always about reviewing, right? Right. So that's what we got for those two weeks, the 5th through the 18th. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Awesome. What are you going to do for herbs? I am going to talk about feverfew. Oh, good. I have some and I don't know what to do with it. Oh, perfect. Excellent. (laughs) All right, cool. So feverfew or Altamisa Mexicana Santa Maria is a masculine plant. It's ruled by the planet Venus. Uh, It's under the element water. And it's magically going to be used for um, protection mostly. Medicinally, it's an anti-inflammatory, an anti-spasmodic, and it also acts as an insecticide. All parts of the plants are used in this one. The plant is native to Asia Minor and the Balkans. Today, it's used in Mexico and South America, most commonly used for migraines and menstrual cramps. It's also going to be, you're going to be finding it in like arthritic creams as well. So Mexicans are known to add feverfew to sitz baths for menstrual cramps. And it's also widely used in medicine bundles for smudging, for sweeps and baridas. Recently, feverfew has has become known for helping with that migraine relief and again to alleviate pain from arthritis. Cups of uh, feverfew tea are usually drank at the onset of any cold and flu symptoms. Again, I think that's just to be helpful with any inflammation that you experience early on. And then in folklore, you actually carry feverfew with you like around your neck or in some sort of, in some sort of amulet uh, to protect you from fever, colds, and actually from accidents as well. So yeah, a little bit about feverfew. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with another episode the week after next. But in the meantime, you can email us at thebrewhousebroadcast at gmail.com. For me, Dion, you can find my artwork at lasprimasmaritas.com or for booking healing work, I'm at unusualhealing.com or sdlunacy on Instagram. 
Great. And for me, Sasha, you can find me on Facebook with Brujeria 101. And you can all find me on Instagram as Brujeria101S. Because <laughs> somebody had the 101. And I also have Brujeria101.com. And there we'll have like um, response buttons that you can push to Amazing. book like palm readings or nail charts and stuff like that. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs>